are live. We're at uh, episode seven, I believe, right? I think this is episode seven. We I are, lost uh, count. I'm having so much fun, I can't even count anymore. Yeah. We're, we're on I to want, Sunday nights now. I want to say episode six. No, I think episode I, six. No, you might I right. think it's six. All right, so it, episode six uh, of the uh, the new Sunday night edition of, uh, you know, say, you know the wonderful podcast that we seem to be you know we seem to be maintaining a good number still like to get it up there but we're maintaining a good number and uh without further ado we're going to jump right into it tonight because we have a guest standing by so uh, we're going to so start. exciting very exciting so go ahead steve what do you got for us tonight what am i drinking i, yes, I you know what i'm going a little different tonight i had a bottle of redemption rye that was given okay. to me by the guys from redemption and it's been sitting on my shelf, and it kind of called to me today. And uh, I'm all about the rye tonight, which is actually really, really good. Um, little quick history. Rye was like the drink in the United States until Prohibition. Um, Prohibition, bourbon became the, the drink because it was could be made from corn, and it was a lot easier to, to fake. Um, so uh, for a drink to be considered rye, it has to have 51% rye content redemption rye is a throwback to pre prohibition 95 percent rye content i like it all right it's like research it's, too it's real well listen I, i've i always do my research but this is like um i rarely drink rye straight this is a rye you can drink straight all right i like it i like it are you smoking anything i know you just came from smoking shields I just came from Smoke and Shields headquarters, but yes, I am smoking because why not? My wife's away, so I can smoke a little bit more. Smoking a uh, Line of Duty 470, okay, which is a barber pole kind of uh, two different color wrapped, uh, box pressed Nicaraguan uh, filler, okay. Ecuadorian and Brazilian Maduro wrapper with an Ecuadorian binder. The cool thing about the 470 is the number 470 uh, represents the 55 police officers, 343 firefighters, and 72 members of the military killed on 9-11. And the cigars come wrapped two to a package because you're supposed to, in the words of Tom Wertha, who runs Line of Duty, and I suggest you all go out and check out Line of Duty cigars. Um, Tom is a retired uh, NYPD detective and does the Nom Nights line of duty cigars he says you should smoke the 470 with a friend a stranger or a family member or if like yourself if you're like tom by yourself so i guess he smoked both of them <laughs> okay all right i could dig it i haven't had theirs yet but uh, i'll have to put it on the list we got to get some sent out to uh i don't know if we can have them though and we, you know we have deployed uh, my neighbor there cody is deployed right now so i just I need they, listen all i need is an apo and and tom will send uh, a, a box of cigars to him. So yeah, that goes for anybody out there that's listening. You know, you got you got somebody deployed. Let us know. Definitely, Harry. What do you got? Uh, I got the Johnny Walker, White Walker Game of Thrones uh, special. I guess. All right. All right. Yep. Game of Thrones throwback. Yeah. Now, yeah is that a uh, Johnny Black or a Johnny Red or? You know what? The only way I usually am able to tell is by the color of the bottle, and this one is in a white wrapper because it's the White Walkers, I guess. Johnny White. Yeah, it tastes just as bad as all Johnny Walkers do. <laughs> uh, it's not great. You know, uh, it's a very strong taste of my early drinking years when I was unrefined. And, you know, that's why I put in uh, more ice and less booze than I usually would. Well, are you worse. noticing? Are you noticing a a, a, a pattern, pattern here that he drinks yeah. really crappy stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I, I don't. This have is the second any week, real... the second show yeah. in a row. I, I mean, it can't be any worse. Good. It can't be any worse than the last season of Game of Thrones. So, well, if you had to watch the episode, right? <laughs> if you had to watch the last season or drink that bottle, which would you do? Um. I would. I'd watch the episode actually. I'd watch the. I'd watch <laughs> yeah. the last season or episode two. Yeah. All right. All right. Are you smoking anything? Just smoking no. the pipe? Or? No. No. Nope. Inside. Oh, so. Uh, okay. Just the booze. I got you. I'm. I'm. I'm on. I'm on there with you. I just came back from a camping trip, so it's three nights of uh, smoking cigars. So uh, a fourth, and I'd probably sound like B. Arthur. So I'm uh, giving it a rest. But uh, yeah. I picked a special one for tonight. So I've had this sitting in my. Uh, 
my cabinet. So I'm drinking few straight bourbon whiskey. Um, yeah, so it's funny. So this is, uh, they're out of Chicago. It is considered a, uh, a craft distillery, but it, mm-hmm. is, it is distributed uh, pretty largely. The name, few, is taken from Francis Elizabeth Willard's initials, who is a historical figure in the Eviston area of Chicago. Uh, she was one of the founders of the Women's Christian Temperance Unit Union, sorry, and the the irony behind that is that um, they were real big on prohibition and basically got that entire area of Illinois in a uh, as a dry county um, during from 1955 until 1972. So I guess there's some irony behind that. And uh, the other thing that the picture on the front of it, it's a image from the 1893 World's Columbian Exposition, which was held in Chicago after Chicago was devastated by the fire. So it's got mm-hmm. a cool little, you know, little history behind it. I'm like, all right, this is cool. It's it's uh, aged in, in uh, Minnesota oak, which has a shorter growth season than, than, than a tighter grain than typical oak. So I'm like, okay. It's about a $50 bottle, uh, 70% corn, as it, you know, needs to be over 50, it needs to be over 51 to be a bourbon. It's less than four years. So now I use Breaking Bourbon to do kind of get my gauge when I see a bottle I'm not familiar with. Breaking Bourbon destroyed this bourbon. I mean, they gave it probably one of the lowest ratings I've seen. Um, they said it wasn't worth the money. It had potential, but the potential wasn't there. Like They beat it up pretty bad. Um, and uh, I'm going to disagree with them. I was, I was quite, it has a, it's, when I smelled it, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but it's got a really, really good flavor. It's, it's, it's bold. Like it is not a light drinking bourbon. Uh, it's, it, it's a bold one, but it's, uh, it's really good. And the reason I chose to drink it is that it was given to me as a gift by Kevin Quigley. So Kevin Quigley, the son of our founder, Jack Quigley, gave it to me because I did him a solid and brought his motorcycles down to uh, Northern Virginia while I was up in uh, New Jersey. So as a, as a favor, you know, he knows I love the bourbon, so he gave me the bourbon. Felt nice. it was a good choice, and also because we will now bring on our guest for tonight. Well, as, what? Go ahead. You got something you want no, to say no, before I, I do? No, okay. no. I, I, was, I was just going to say that there is a second um, pattern growing here because you got, you got Harry with the bad liquor, and then you've actually bl- been surprised. No, You've actually yeah. been, uh, the last couple of times you brought stuff on, it's been stuff that the critics have savaged. Yeah. And, and you've liked, and I've had the few, and it's actually really good. I actually like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with it. So yeah. uh, let's see what our guest is. Our Jack, guest is there. Oh, I was going to say, it's not Kevin, is it? I was really. God, no. no. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jack, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> ah, welcome aboard. Thank you. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, thank you. We are everything's we are beautiful. Excited to have you on, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Drinking some bourbon that your son gave me here. And, uh, he's a he's a good egg. Hey, you taught him well. You taught him well, and <laughs> the kid the kid met me at the door with bourbon, so you you did uh-huh. something right. <laughs> it's nice to hear. <laughs> and what what are you drinking tonight? I am um, paying tribute to my people. I am uh, consuming uh, Powers Irish whiskey. I like Powers. Okay. Powers is uh, probably the smoothest uh, Irish whiskey I've ever had, and uh, it's reasonably priced. Runs about uh, it retails for uh, thirty nine ninety five, but most stores have it for uh, you know thirty three, thirty four, thirty five dollars. And it's it's really a very nice whiskey. You drink it straight. You drink it uh, on ice. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, straight. Okay. okay. Unless it's really hot, then I'll put a one cube in. Yeah. Do you find that that changes the taste of it? Yeah, yeah. It uh, it opens it up initially, and then uh, it gets too cold, and it's uh, diluted a bit, but it still makes you dizzy. So I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I, I have a, a a friend who will put a couple of drops of water in in certain whiskeys and. It really does make a difference. Oh, the only yeah. problem is I don't want to be that guy in the bar that says, "Give me a dropper." You know, yeah. So, so what I what I do is I always get like a water back and a straw, and just kind of you know. And most of the places I hang, the bartender will say, "Hey, I would have done that for you." I'm like, "Yeah, you know, 
don't want to be that guy. Oh, a couple of drops, you know. You want to be that guy like like I was in D.C. with the prospects when they asked me if they need if I needed more bourbon, and I said, yeah, I need four ice cubes, not three, not five. <laughs> I want four ice cubes. Yeah, four yeah Mike. it's real pretentious. Yeah, but it was just a ball-busting thing. Actually, I, I really it was so hot there I went with four. Normally, I'm a two ice cube kind of guy. The first time I have a bourbon like I did with this one tonight, I actually tasted this one without the ice cube first. And that's why I was impressed with it. Even without an ice cube at room temperature, um, you know, like I said, I smelled it, and I was like, this could be too spicy. But it really, it, it, it's going yeah. down very, very nice. So, well, to, uh, Jack, to Jack's point, you know, the, the, there is that dilution issue. And, and, sure. You know, that's why, you know, you get that craft ice, which doesn't melt as fast. It's always, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, people think, oh, it's a, it's a gimmick. It's really not. Because if you can get an ice cube that's going to remain ice ice through most of the drink, you're going to get very little dilution. Right. Um, you know, anyway. I have uh, a couple of uh, bullets, the projectiles, uh, that I freeze and drop them, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't dilute it at all, but cools it down a bit. And, uh, right. and You're probably uh, going to get some condensation off that a little bit to get that. Yeah, I, I don't water. allow it to last that long <laughs> that it would form. <laughs> but That's to go... Drinker. To go with what Steve says, uh, a couple of drops of water. It's amazing the difference it makes in some of the whiskeys. Yeah, really well, opens them up, and it's just wonderful. Yeah, the bourbons as well. I mean, I learned that from and anyone who's you know has a, a, a Hulu subscription. If you ever get a chance to watch the, the documentary they did about bourbon called Neat, and it was it was I learned I thought I knew something about bourbon. I knew nothing about it after watching that. Like, it just blew me away how much I didn't know after watching that show. And uh, one of their master distillers showed how, like, you know, sip this. Okay, now put a drop of water in it. Okay, now put an ice cube in it and watch how the tastes change. And I started doing that, and I realized, yeah, like some of these, you know, some of these bourbons, you don't want them without the ice. And some of them, no, I don't want that ice in there. I like them just the way they are. Well, that's the theory behind, you know, uh, my buddy's place in, uh, in Long Island City, Queens, Dutch, Dutch Kills. You know, Rich, I've watched them do classes on ice because he's got this ice company 100 weight ice and they sell this you know these craft ice cubes and rich's thing is like we're very precise with you know a, a, a shot of this two shots of that mm -hmm. a dash of this he goes and then we take this unknown quantity of frozen water and throw it in the drink he goes and you can't guarantee that everyone's drink is going to taste the same and right. you can't guarantee that, that that one person's drink is going to taste the same after five minutes and so there's a lot to be said about having, you know, better ice or, or, or to Jack's point again, you know, a, a, the bullet or something to keep it cold without the dilution. Right, right. And, you know, you, you're finding, like, you, I'm a big old-fashioned guy, and I recently had one, and, and I watched the girl make it, and she muddled it. And when I first started drinking old fashions, I thought that's what you were supposed to do. But I also found out that there's a school that you don't muddle. Mm -hmm. And I'm more of the non-muddler, and she put a nice chunk of orange in there and muddled it up. And, I mean, I felt like I was drinking an orange juice. Like, I got, I had the pulp in it and everything. And, and she's like, well, how do you get your orange flavor without muddling? I use orange bitters. She's like, oh, I never even thought about that. I'm like, yeah, like, this is, it was good, but it was way too citrusy for me. So, you know, you yeah. all these different schools, and you, you know, you, fi you find your way. And like I said, some guys like one ice cube, some don't like any ice cube. They just like it cold and... You know, that's how you find yep. your find your way through. It's true. So. You know what they use at Dutch Kills for the for, for the old old fashioned? What's they up? take that little shaving of orange. And they, they light it on up. fire. Yep. They heat it up a little bit and then just kind of roll it around the edge of the glass. It, uh, listen, yep. if you've if you ever have an opportunity to visit this place, it's on Jackson Avenue in Long Island City. Um, you walk through the door, it's like a throwback to Prohibition era, and you will meet some of the most talented mixologists that I have ever been around and every single drink they make you order something from their menu and right, you'll, like be, an you'll be blown away right. yep it really and, is it really and right is. and that's becoming a, a really cool thing to, to see you know with this 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 huge explosion in the whiskey and bourbon world to see like these guys that are really getting into it and you know making an art out of it yep you know so but so let's move on I want to for those you know we we most of the guys that listen to this show uh they all know who Jack is, but for the, the, the few who don't, um, Jack, why don't you introduce yourself to the few who don't know who you are? Yeah, all right. I'm the, uh, the founder of the Nam Knights Motorcycle Club. Um, about 32 years ago, I was uh, riding. Well, let me, let me go back 
a little bit further. I've been riding motorcycles since I was 17. Um, first bike was a, a matchless, a 1953 matchless. I had that in 63. It was a 500cc one long bike. Uh, it was nicknamed the Thumper. And of course I had apes on it and a tuck and roll seat because I, I had to be cool. And uh, all the rest of my bikes have been Harley Davidson's. Uh, we, we had a community bike that um, a bunch of friends uh, actually, they were thugs, but they were friends of mine from school. We all chipped in and bought a, an old uh, flathead, big-inch flathead Harley. And we took turns riding that with a, 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 a wired-on license plate until one day then, uh, when one of the owners in whose garage we kept it uh, decided that uh, he was going to show off, and he drove halfway through the back of his garage. And that was the end of that motorcycle. But... <laughs> We, we all have great memories, and uh, uh, back to the uh, 1989, uh, I was riding with a, a bunch of Vietnam veterans, most of whom were police officers, and uh, we decided to, to form a club and uh, maybe do some, some uh, charity work, help veterans. Uh, there's a, a veteran's home near where I live in Paramus. I live in Emerson. Uh, the home is in Paramus, and we decided to you know, go up and maybe... Uh, supervise some games with the guys, uh, bingo, things like that, and look after them. And any anywhere we went, people inquired about the club and our kind of unique mission of uh, you know drinking beer and helping people and riding motorcycles. And it just grew and grew and grew. Uh, we we didn't solicit membership, uh, but uh, now we have, uh, as you can tell from our website, if you go on the website. We have 77 chapters in two different countries, and we're all, uh, we have all pledged um, a certain mission to take care of those who cannot take care of themselves. And it's extremely rewarding and has resulted in one of the strongest brotherhoods uh, that I have ever belonged to. And it's, uh, it's veterans, police officers, and an occasional ultra-patriot if they fit in and, and have the same goals that we do. So we've been around 32 years. We just celebrated our 32nd anniversary uh, last week, and uh, we'll look forward to another 32 years. I may not be around, but I'm going to try like hell to be here. <laughs> it's it, it always is amazing when you when you sit back and and and, and you realize how, how far it came from such a, a humble beginning. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to look through your eyes and see, you know, what a bunch of guys riding around on motorcycles in in the 80s turned into. Yeah, it, it, it was funny because when we first started writing, uh, nobody knew who we were, and uh, we kept getting pulled over uh, just to, you know, the law enforcement wanted to find out who we were, and then once they did, of course, they happily sent us on our way. And, and now, um, nine out of ten police cars, the officers wave to us and say hello. And the other half, <laughs> half the, the, them are That members. one out of ten gives us the finger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think he's saying you're number one. <laughs> it's a half a peace sign. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and 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 you know, I I can I can proudly say that I am part of the chapter that uh, helped expand that as we are uh, coming up on our you know next year will be 30 years for the uh, the old line chapter, and uh, you know that's where it all began I guess to to kind of to kind of expand from just uh, in Jersey to to right you guys pretty much what so the old line was the next chapter and then it was kind of an explosion after that yeah well that, there's something really uh, unique and uh, kind of strange about forming the old line chapter we uh, we were contacted by a couple of guys down in maryland that were interested in forming a chapter we went down to meet them and it turns out that one of the individuals served in the exact same unit i did in vietnam just at a different time period. So that was destined for success as far as <laughs> I'm concerned. You know, if you go back and look at the old bylaws, which I, I had a hand in rewriting in the early 90s, there, you guys didn't even think, Jack, about that you'd ever have another chapter. The, the, no, the no, bylaws, actually we didn't. Yeah. yeah, the bylaws were written for, a ch for one chapter. And then, um, like, like, Will said it just kind of exploded from there, but it just it, it makes you really think about you, you know you guys had no thought of hey we're a bunch of Vietnam veteran police officers we're going to get together we're going to ride we're going to start a club, and 
I mean, to look at it today, when I'm at any event um, with you or without you, I always love standing next to you when there's a lot of guys around because you can almost see the look on your face, like how proud you are of, of where we've come. But um, it, it's just amazing. Uh, I, I think you, you coined the phrase a few years ago, um, one soul and one goal. Yeah, yeah, that was at the police memorial. It, um, I speak at the police memorial every year, and uh, our president, uh, Fred Ryman, speaks at the Vietnam Wall. And uh, neither one of us prepare anything. Just when we get there, um, the words just kind of flow. And I'm sure it's a result of the environment. And uh, that that occurred to me, and it came out when I was speaking, and I said, you know, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that's what we do. Well, when you When you look at this right here, I mean, like, if you look at this podcast right here, and, and it's funny because, you know, as, as I'm sitting here listening to you, you talk about the history and how far we've come, and there's so many angles you can take about the amazing thing the club has done and the people that it saved. But when you look at the the overall grasp it has, and, and, I, and I can see everyone that's sitting on this podcast, you know, recording right now, and look at the age difference, you know, between going from Jack to Slider to me to Harry. I mean, you, you're talking th- – three generations worth of people right there and it's all you put us together in a bar and th- th- there's no difference you know we're all sure. in there we all have the same mission we all have the same goal the same love the same brotherhood but i mean we come from such you know we come from completely different generations yet somehow we've all found that 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 bond that 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 line that we all walk down and it's that's what amazes me the most you know and i remember driving cross country with harry and, and him and I were talking, and, and I made a comment, and I told him I was, I was a little jealous of him. And he said, why? I said, I found this club. I was, I, you know, I was well into my 30s. I'm like, you're in, you're in your early 20s, and you've already got these brothers around you. I can't imagine how different my life had been if I'd had the brotherhood and the direction in my 20s that, that you're getting right now. You know, I mean, doesn't seem to be helping him very much, but, I mean, he's trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... You're 100% right. Yeah, like like the age gap and everything like that. I mean, you say that there's no difference at all of us sitting in a bar. I'd like to think I'm a little bit more sprightly than some of you guys. <laughs> but, like, yeah, other than it's that, it's sprightly. You just refer to yourself as sprightly? Yes, Probably not the best descriptive <laughs> yeah, I mean, word. There's a lot of words you could have gone with right there. I don't know if sprightly was... Is that's that kind of a, a word? That's, that's yeah, kind of like a... a word. A twinkle toes designation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what, what, what do you think makes you more sprightly? That's what I'd like to know. Psychologically, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, I, like, my knees don't pop as much. Oh. Like, if I had, if I had <laughs> a run, like, my knees don't pop as much. If you had to run, honestly, great. Did you, did, can I, can, can I need to pause that moment right there? Wait, if you need to run. You'd be Dude, surprised. If you need to run, we all better run, because if you're running, it's bad. Exactly. It's, it's really it's bad. It's very right. true. Right. That you'd image su- uh, is forcing me to take another swallow of powers. Yeah. Jack, I'd like to ask you a question, Jack. When, mm-hmm. You know, I remember a, a few years ago, um, a newer member in the club, we were, I'm pretty sure we were in Washington, and a newer member of the club said to you, and, and I, know, I know it affected you because I could see it, you were really affected by what he said. He said, you know, this club has done more for me in two years than the VA has done in 20. And, and I know that you were very taken by those words. My question is, though, did, did you guys in the beginning have any sense that you were get, that, 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 that was going to happen? Or was it more just, hey, we're going to get together and ride and we're going to do a little bit of this charity work? But did you have a sense back then the impact you might have on each other and other veterans in law enforcement? No, our, our goal <clears throat> was not to help each other but to help others. And as it turned out, we're doing both. In fact, um, over the years, um, I can't tell you how many people came to me, uh, well over a dozen people, members from all over the country, came to me and said, if it were not for the club, uh, I would have taken my own, uh, my own life. And, but I found the club and I found family, and I found brothers. So that that that's an aspect we never considered. In, in fact, we um, uh, early on in the club's history, we found a, a member who shall remain unnamed. Um, 
at the apex of the wall. <coughs> and uh, he had a, a, a 45 in his mouth. I remember this. So, uh, yeah, he we became, talked him he down. He wanted to become quite the member, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, an unforgettable yeah. It's, guy. Yeah. It's tough for me to talk about it because it affects me emotionally so much that we've done so much in that regard. We've saved so many lives, and we'd love to be able to save more. And uh, But, yeah, this, this individual became uh, a president of one of our chapters and was an amazing guy, and I am so happy that we were able to do that. We saved the life. and. And, uh, and, well, and know, he then I, went on to save lives. But, but it goes on. It goes on so much in this club, and some of this stuff is so small. And 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 you know we've talked about. It. I mean, the, we have we have Fulbert colonels. We now have a command sergeant major. Not the first one. You know, we have such such guys that are doing such amazing work in the real world. But you you put us all together in a bar, and you don't even realize it. You don't even we realize have, we you're have, sitting. We with have you. doctors, surgeons. Right. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I always go back, you know, you talk about, you know, what the club did and the VA couldn't. And, you know, quick story, I remember trying to buy my military time back from the NYPD. And uh, the requirement at the time, you had to have, either have a combat ribbon or you had to have an um, uh, expeditionary medal, you know, a medal given in mm -hmm. lieu of a combat ribbon. So I brought my, I had, a, I had the expeditionary. I brought it to the, to the department and they told me, well, we, we need, uh, your DD-214 doesn't tell us where... You earned it. Like, you ever think the military doesn't want you to know? Like, it's none of your business. I got it. It's right here. Like, well, do you have any travel records? I'm like, what do you mean travel records? They're like, you know, airline tickets, hotel, anything like that. I'm like, do I landed on a C-130 in the middle of Iraq. No, I don't. They, they wouldn't accept it. So I'm telling this story in a strip club in Tampa, Florida. And I was told, we keep members' names out, but I was told by a member, go talk to this other member. Okay. So I tell this other guy the story. You know, meanwhile, this guy is throwing dollar bills at strippers. And he says to me, he's like, oh, I got you. He's like, he slides a napkin to me. It's a napkin with, an, with a, a silhouette of a, a stripper on it. He goes, write your, date of birth, your name, date of birth, and social on that for me. And I looked at him like, is this a joke? And he's like, you have no idea what I do for a living, do you? After he told me what he did for a living, I wrote my name, social security number, my firstborn, my mother's mate, anything I could think of. <laughs> That was and on he, a Saturday he, afternoon. And he promptly gave that napkin to one of the strippers. <laughs> I gave that to him on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. When I landed on Monday afternoon, I had an email from him with all of my military records. And he even had, went so far as to find out that my mission, because we were, we were an immediate deployment, that my mission had been redesignated. He goes, just in case they try and tell you and try and sandbag you on that, here's the other name they gave your mission. And I brought that to the police department, and I was able to buy my time back. And I remember I bought him a nice box of cigars, and I brought them to him in D.C., and I really felt he was mad at me for buying him the cigars. Probably He's like, was. you didn't need to do that. I'm like, D do you realize what you did for me? And he goes, I, I did for you what I would do for any other brother in this club. And uh, that, you know, the humility in that. And it's just, it was just so simple. All he did was probably go to work and say, hey, handed that, that napkin to some, somebody at work and said, look this information up for me. That's all he did. But what he did for me was, was change my, you know, he allowed me to retire three years early. It was nothing for him. And that's, you know, those little things get overlooked a lot, I think. You know, I mean, you hear the great stories, but there's little ones too. Well, I have to <clears throat> tell you, I, I take um, uh, special pride in having both of my sons in the club. Uh, one of them wasn't even born when we founded the club. And, uh, you know, I, uh, one of them, Jack, my son Jack, he and I build motorcycles and have a ball doing it. And we never argue because we don't set deadlines. <laughs> and we don't, you know, someone says, you should do a show. So now we don't fight. It's not Orange County Choppers. You're not throwing chairs at each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, my son Kevin. Uh, we built him a, uh, a soft tail, custom soft tail, when he was a senior in high school. And he used to park it in a fire zone outside the school, and nobody ever said a word. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> he Bill. was the only one. <laughs> yeah. That, that is a great segue. It is. To, to the other reason why Jack is here tonight. Right. Um, a bike builder extraordinaire. And uh, I believe, I may have heard... Sort of a rumor, Harry. You may have heard this also, that there might be a bike build in the future by Mr. Quigley for uh, for you, Will. 
I'm hoping it's not just for me. I, I, I would, I'm hoping it's with me because I am. I'm really looking forward to to, to getting involved in this and, and and learning. You know, there's only so much you can teach. You know, an old dog. But I still think that I can learn a lot, and I'm looking forward to it. It came from me bringing bringing, as Jack just said, his son Kevin. He is a rigid. And I helped him, you know, I brought those down for him. And when I took it off, I remember looking at that bike and just remembering how much I always loved it. So I made him an offer on it. He laughed at me. He's like, I can't sell this thing. My father built this thing. So I told Jack that, you know, I tried to buy it from Kevin. He wouldn't sell it to me. And Jack laughed and said, we could build one if you want, which turned into me ordering a frame and now trying to find an engine (laughs) for one. (laughs) And then learning so much because now I'm like, now, now, all of a sudden, after all these years of talking about building one, now it's actually starting to happen. And it's like between Jack's knowledge and, and Harry's dad, who is just like, he's like that little red, that ball that you get at the supermarket. You throw and it bounces off the walls. That's what he's like right now with the information he's sending me. It's just random information and pictures and this and that. And we're going to put this seat on it. What about these pipes? And I'm like, <laughs> my head's going to explode. As I said in a previous conversation, Machine Gun Kelly does not care how he spends your money. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to put together a bike at a bargain. I have so many parts here that my wife has been asking me to um, cut down on the inventory. And this is an opportunity to give away a lot of stuff that's hanging on the walls for years, but it's still that's decent all- stuff. That's all well and good, but if you looked in his garage, you'd also realize that he doesn't care how he spends his money. <laughs> so it's all—it's just about he just wants it to look as cool as humanly possible. He doesn't care what the price is going to be as long as it looks cool. And right. the barber chair uh, on the, the throne, the, the barber chair throne is quite interesting. Yeah, Harry, in I don't know garage. if that would fit in your garage, though. I don't know if you, if you caught that in the, uh, the – as our little pre-warm-up, Steve. But uh, go ahead, Harry. Why don't you uh, tell the story about what he did with the – he had a um, uh, some motorcycle parts that were taking up a large part of his garage, and they're gone. And what did he do with the space? Uh, he uh, he built a I don't know a, a, by the look of it a, a two foot platform maybe, put a rug on it because the rug really ties the room together. Set up a barber <laughs> chair, walled in the corner, and and he so he can just sit up there and look at all of his projects he's got going on. Is too. he is he doing haircuts or? Uh, yeah, he does. It, it, you get it at a bargain price, like a bowl cut. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's all. He's everybody, got everybody leaves his garage looking like Mo Howard. Yeah, yeah, with, the fr- hey. yeah with a fresh haircut and, uh, and a handful <laughs> of motorcycle parts. Yeah. <laughs> Will, are you saying that you'll be up to help Jack build this motorcycle? Yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And and, and so perhaps you will remember to call your other friends that you're in town. I don't know. Not man. like, not know, like you usually do. Maybe I'll come up and stay at someone else's house, like you're doing to me. Oh. Ah. <laughs> wow. There's wow. the rub. Right. Yeah. I, I, you started to say it. I'm like, I can't believe he's going to set me up for this. But I, I, I want to, I want to jump off topic with something that Harry just said real quick, because uh, Harry's talking about haircuts, and I want to share some disturbing news uh, for anyone that may be following Harry. Um, mm. Apparently, uh, due to a... Doesn't uh, everyone follow Harry? They do, because he's entertaining. If they don't, they should. He's a natural-born leader. That's right. Most definitely. (laughs) Although, I'm going to be avoiding him for a short period of time, because it's come to my attention that due to a, albeit, awesome job opportunity, um, Harry is going to be shaving off his beard. What? Yeah. Yeah. I can't even wrap my head around that. No. Are you going uh, undercover at a high school? <laughs> yeah, I would be. If you've ever seen me with no facial hair, it's shocking how young I look. It's it's awful. But I after yep, I have a like Will said a, a new job opportunity, and uh, I have to get fitted for a respirator. I've been told is once I get fitted, I can grow the beard back. It doesn't matter. Which is but, hilarious in itself, like okay, right. But you, initially, you can't yeah. use the respirator at that point. But yeah, right, but initially, got to be uh, got to be clean shaven to get a nice a nice tight fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jack <laughs> makes the joke. You know, are you going undercover in a high school? The last person I remember that shaved their face was Cracker when he shaved all of his facial hair, cool. and the exact Here's opposite happened. He wasn't allowed within two hundred yards <laughs> of the school. Well, that, that was by court order. <laughs> Oh, we, we don't he, talk about that. 
Ooh. Yeah, when I shave, I lose 10 years. When he shaves, he gains 10 years. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, he looks like he did 10 years in prison. It's, it's, it's bad. In a Russian gulag. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but so, all right, so we jumped off that. So back to the bike. But I think back to the, the bike. All right, here, here's my vision for you. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll and you tell me uh, if you like the vision. And then you can talk to Machine Gun. And then uh, decide on, you, you might compromise and go a little bit of each. But here we go. The rigid frame, right. stock rake, no extension on the front end. A compact bike because you want to be able to scoot around and, and it's got to be handled. It's got to be a compact, precise motorcycle. Uh, much like um, the Indian Larry uh, motorcycles that Bob Steger's building uh, in Brooklyn. Uh, and very much like those that... Uh, that uh, Indian Larry built, and uh, it will have uh, an Evo motor, five-speed trans, 16-inch uh, rear wheel, uh, either a bobbed or a uh, like a super glide type fender, 21-inch uh, front wheel, choice of fender or no fender, wide glide front end, and uh, either buckhorns or Z bars. Um, sports a tank. Uh, I envision a sports tank like on Kevin's bike, but right. um, you also have an option of the the uh, smaller capacity split tanks. And then um, that's it. Choice of color is up to you as long as it's black. <laughs> <laughs> and, you can uh, have black or black. Yeah, or dark black. And you can have one of those little squeeze horns if you wish, but that's it, it <laughs> might, just, might slow you down. Might slow yeah, if it doesn't, if you don't need it on the bike to go or stop, we usually don't put it on a bike. That's what it, I, I want. I want bare bones. And that's but, what it'll but here's, be. Now, now what you're describing, yeah. and this is one of the funny things that, that that has come out of this, is is Timmy trying to explain to me the difference between a a bobber and a chopper. Yeah, that's. Um, there are some gray areas there, but basically, uh, a bobber is uh, a bike 16 inch front and rear uh, the original bobbers front fender removed um, rear fender on the old harleys they hinged so you could get the tire off if you had a flat well people used to either cut it at the hinge and have the bobbed rear fender or weld it up and rotate the fender forward and cut it so you'd have a bobbed fender up in the air in the back um, and they did the same thing with the gauges. Some took the gauges off the gas tank and had nothing there. And it, it was just clean and light. Uh, a chopper, uh, depending on the definition you subscribe to, usually had a 21-inch front wheel. And it was basically the same looking bike, but uh, extended forks, 21-inch front wheel. Um, and it, it's a lighter, a lighter looking bike and, and more of a, uh, a custom bike uh, to impress the troops. The bobbers could, were very serious bikes to ride around and uh, just to have a ball with. And you, could also you, say, could, yeah, yeah. You, you could also say the bobbers, the, the, I think for a, generally a bobber, the frame is unmodified. Where Correct. the chopper, the, the uh, frame is generally raked and, yeah. and other Yeah, a lot of choppers okay. have the, uh, okay, the frame raked yeah and they send the tube and one thing i have to clarify that drives me completely insane i understand how it happened but it still drives me nuts the distinction between a suicide clutch and a jockey <laughs> shift <laughs> yes i got this little class when i right? picked up kevin's yeah. go ahead yeah and no matter how the conversation's going once that's mentioned i have to stop <laughs> a suicide there's no such thing as a suicide shift a lot of people refer to, oh, it's got a suicide shift. No such thing. It's a suicide clutch, and it's a jockey shift if it comes right off the trance. If it's a hand shift, if it's mounted up in a ratchet-type device near the tank. It, it's a, uh, the older bikes were not suicide clutches, even though they had a hand shift, because you could lock it into neutral. But the chopper builders um, made it a clutch like a car. So it's in and out, and they call it a suicide clutch because if your foot slips off that and you're at an intersection, you're going to get launched right into the intersection. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the difference. 
between uh, a suicide clutch and a uh, jockey shift, or there's no such thing as the suicide shift. So keep that in mind, and please stop saying it. Well, You're driving me nuts. Well, you, you, you politely corrected me when I said it there, because I told you that that, that that is definitely one of the things I want, because that was, you know, I, I just feel like pour that bare bones. Wait a minute. Stop, stop right there, I yep. said. Stop right there. <laughs> and, I, you? and I think you ended it with, School is out of session right now. Like you, you look right at it, just like it was like a class. Like you just fired it off nicely. Like yes. you have been schooled now. Okay. All right, what, all right you, son. what you want does not exist. No. Ex oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to happen frequently, actually, as we build this bike. I, I, I'm going to learn a lot, you know, but, you know, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, like I say, so like you know, Timmy's, you know, he's like, you know, he's like the little devil on my shoulder right now with all the yeah, ideas, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like when we were looking at the, what is it? The old, uh, I guess they would be, I, I believe they would be more of the chopper style, which is the old King and Queen seats. Those, yeah. those, those tall. So and you got to be really, really careful when you start mixing those uh, different styling aspects because they don't all go together either arrow-wise or appearance-wise. You know, you could build right. the ugliest bike in the world and spend $80,000 doing it. <laughs> right. I, th I, as, think uh, the, I think the yeah. king-queen works better with the chopper. With a long, yeah, yeah real the long Yeah, the bobber, end. you're going to want like a single seat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or but maybe guess, a pee pad. <clears throat> right, I guess that's why when, when you refer to Kevin's bike, you refer to it as the rigid because it's, yeah. that's yours. You, that, that's yes. your style. What you did there is yours, and 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 that's the idea I like. I don't I don't want it. I, I I would prefer to have something that I can say like, no, it's not this or that. This is. Oh yeah, yeah. We we never build anything identical. Right. Yeah, it's got to be one look. That that the, the rigid Kevin has has an interesting story behind it. I built that about twenty twenty two twenty three years ago, and sold it to a good buddy of mine, uh, was as uh, a Marine vet. And he loved it, uh, rode it for a while, and then he and his wife decided they didn't want to be he and his wife anymore. And he, he uh, I don't know whether she knew he had the bike, but I bought it back from him. And then uh, Kevin was serving in Afghanistan at the time, and I told him I got the bike back. He said, I want that bike. So I said, okay. <clears throat> so we did a rebuild and freshened it up and... Uh, and there it is, and that's how that bike came into Kevin's hands. So, so it was originally. So you originally rode that. Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. I took that to DC with the Panhead motor in it, and uh, twice. Second time I blew a head gasket and had to get it towed back, or trailered back, which was embarrassing. But I didn't build the motor, so I, I couldn't be blamed for it. So you <laughs> rode you rode that thing all the way down to DC. Yep. And uh, the thing is, when you ride a rigid, you go over a shadow, you feel it. <laughs> you know you're right in a rigid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I took it to DC and I was two inches shorter and uh, <laughs> and I needed uh, some Irish whiskey when I got there. But yeah, that's, I did it. Like I toughed it out. That's like after I took my shovel head down to Daytona. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I will never do that again. I, I think I was in bed for three days. Yeah, I mean, well, the first Thrilling Thunder, I, I was on a Sportster back in the 80s. But how, that how, thing, old were you, how old were you when you took that rigid to D.C.? I was four. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't doubt that. I, I believe no, that. actually, I was in my 50s, early 50s. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe that's why it hurt so much. <laughs> I haven't even reached that yet, and I'm already like, oof. Yeah, but the, after the sports, the trip to the first Rolling Thunder and back, I vibrated for three days afterwards. And uh, I, was, I walked into uh, Bergen-Harley, and uh, still vibrating, <laughs> and they were un, uncreating a, uh, a superglide. Um, and before they even took the wrapping off it, I said, what's in the box? They said, a new superglide. I said, good, I'll take it. <laughs> have you, have they, you ever gave, owned a touring bike? Have you ever had a... Uh, yeah, a yeah, I had a... Um, what did I have? A street glide. Oh, I had a couple of road kings. Yeah, a couple too. of road kings, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, and a street glide. And um, I don't know, just... I liked them, but they were boring. I need a hot rod under my uh, butt. 
I I couldn't agree more. That's why I keep, you know, I'm Mary's first question when when this bike build came up. She's like, "So you're going to have three now, huh?" Because <laughs> I have the I have the Road Glide and I have the Soft Tail, otherwise known as the Green Hornet, because I'm convinced <laughs> that bike is out to kill me. And I told her I was like, "No," I said, "I I I bought that Soft Tail for what you just said. It's fun to ride." That road glide is a beautiful, comfortable ride, but it's not fun. You know, you're not. Yeah. You, 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 it's enjoyable. Right. Enjoyable, but not fun. Exactly. So I told yeah. him, like, no, my plan. I said, we're gonna build, we're gonna build this, this, this bar hopper. I said, and then I'm going to take that road glide and that evil motorcycle. I'm gonna put them in a trailer. I'm gonna roll them into Harley and be like, you can have these two. I want a newer road glide. And there we go. Yeah, so I'm back for two motorcycles. Right. Yeah, my long distance cruiser is a bike that my son Jack and I built uh, 22 years ago. Um, I'm still riding that. That's uh, it's kind of a replica of a Fat Boy, but we used an aftermarket frame. And uh, I get most of you guys have seen that. And then I just finished another project bike that's uh, more of a hot rod, more of a, a chopper look, soft tail, with a uh, 2000 Sports the gas tank on it. Uh, with a flame paint job, and that's my hot rod bike. So now I have a long-distance cruiser and a hot rod bike, so I'm happy. There was a lot what, of cool what? features about that that I liked. I liked the little, the little, the, what was it, the directional is down by your leg? <laughs> that's how you Yeah, the uh, directional indicator light, <laughs> Yeah. along with the, uh, yeah, the directional light, the power-on light, and the neutral light is on the ignition switch, which is mounted in between the cylinder heads under the tank. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what's a good thing, too, Will? You're going to be benefiting... From, you know, Jack's had this trial and error from all the time he's built motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, right. you're, you're gonna, True. you're gonna yeah. have, so you're gonna have like a motorcycle that he knows what works and what doesn't. I can tell you for a fact from experience with Jack, you are not gonna have any um, parts made in Taiwan. <laughs> um, no, no Jack's <laughs> Jack, no die cast parts. Jack's no die famous, cast risers. Jack's famous removable risers, uh, removable <laughs> handlebars. Yeah, that um, was on the rigid too. Yes, it was. I remember. Was yeah, I know the story. Yeah, well, you just yeah. rolled handlebars came right off. Yeah, the risers snapped. It was like uh, I think it was 17 degrees out, and with the windshield brought it down way, way down. And I hit a bump on Route 3 riding with the club, and a handlebar snapped clean off. Fortunately, it was a, get ready for this, jockey shift bike. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to, and I, I remember very succinctly that when the bars came off, I looked and I said, why am I holding these? <laughs> and I let them go, and I started to downshift. And I got the bike over on the shoulder. That was going to be my question. Like you, you just you just let them go. You just yeah. Well, they were hanging on with the um, the throttle cable. Cable. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they were still attached to the bike. But fortunately, I was able to get it stopped. So we we walk <laughs> into we were jockey shit. We were actually coming from the the funeral for for Pat Cunningham, no neck. Yeah, no neck. Members. Yeah. And and we walk into the the restaurant where we're doing the repast. And Jack goes straight to the bar, and he says to the bartender, tequila. And the guy goes, what? He goes, tequila. And the guy put a, a shot glass and the bottle of tequila down on the bar. And Jack picked up the <laughs> bottle, and he starts guzzling from the bottle of tequila. And the guy goes, oh, you must be the one with the handlebars. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Who'd believe it? Right? <laughs> Yeah, fun with motorcycles. Exactly. That that's what it's all about. I mean, I tell you, the Green Hornet. The, the my, my first road trip with that was leaving the parent chapter to go to D.C. and I got out in the Jersey Turnpike, went from second to third. Didn't know that they never pinned the handlebars. As soon as I hit third <laughs> gear, those things came down. I had to lock my elbows for the entire rest of the ride, and just and you can't. There's nothing you can do but laugh about it. You're just like, well, man, this is. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, like you, pushing you a cart at Shoprite. <laughs> <laughs> you, you told that story last 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 episode, and I thought to myself, and I'm glad you brought it back up because I want to ask, why wouldn't you have just asked us to pull over? I I was in the lead. I was like, all right, I got. What, what it was embarrassed. What were we gonna do? Duct tape them up? Like, <laughs> I'm sure somebody had tools. But to do what? Like they the I bars had not been pinned, so regardless of how tight you, they 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 weren't properly on there, so they just. 
they just came down on yeah, me. Yeah, sometimes uh, that the top clamp doesn't really hold the bars well. Oh. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so, but, I, but for your comfort, we stipple all of that and pin ape hangers that's, it's when nice. we build the bike. Gotta, gotta, I gotta, <laughs> yeah, gotta have the arms up in the air. It's very important. Yeah, yeah. The first time I rode Pappy's, uh, the uh, uh, war, 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 what is he called? The war pig. War, war pig. pig. The war pig. Yeah. One, the first time I, rode, I, I showed, I'd never ridden a motorcycle with apes. And I showed up for Fernandina for the OJ run. Second year I went there. And he yelled at me because the first year I rented a bike down there. He told me, if you ever come down here and rent a bike again, I'm going to punch you in the face. He's like, you call a brother. So I told him, coming down again, he couldn't go that year. And I remember him, it was like out of a movie, him hitting the garage door opener. And the garage door comes up, and there's the war pig with the 20-inch apes. I'm like, Pappy, I've never ridden a motorcycle with apes. He's like, you about to figure it out. <laughs> and I never went back after that. I love riding. You look at it from the outside. You're like, that doesn't, that can't be comfortable. And then you ride it. You're like, it's ridiculously oh, this is awesome. comfortable. I don't yes, it's good. Again. But yeah. keep in mind that you are approaching the age where your hands will begin to tingle <laughs> on these long runs. Oh. So I, I went through that and I dropped the bars once a year. I dropped them by two inches until I got down to about twelve. Then I was okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, Jack. I actually my my hands tingle. Yeah. With the stock bars, I have 16s on my road glide, and I yeah. find it to be very comfortable. Oh, okay. I knew someone out there felt that way. Yeah, well, I'm the one. <laughs> so I have the, mine are Harley stock, and what, they're not bigger than, I think, what, 14s or 16s? I think is as high as no, Harley six, will No, they probably. 16 is the highest Harley will go on an aftermarket um, bar. Right, so I had them put them on, so that's, what, that's what's yeah. on the, the, the Green Hornet. And, uh, I mean, you know, I feel like those are, I, I had put 20s on that. I had that, uh, that 90, what was it, a 98 Fat Boy that I had, and I put 20s on that thing, and I loved riding around like that. And those are ridiculously high, but it's a lot of fun, and it's just a different feeling. So it, we definitely, we definitely got to have, we got to have the, the, the bar. I already have the bars and risers selected for your project. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean. Not going to be super high, but they are going to be up there. Right, well, so like you said, we keep that it, age. <laughs> yeah, but we, we need to keep the bike stylized. Okay. And if you go too high on the bars, that's all people will look at. And when I build a bike, I like people to have an easy eye where they just start looking at a bike and the eye flows along the side of the bike from front to back. And they're pleased during the entire trip <laughs> of, of seeing this front to back. But if you have super high bars, that's all people look that's at. That's all they uh, say. Okay. And, and they lose you know. all of the subtle features that you uh, program into a bike. Okay. I, 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 I'm putting a lot of faith in you guys. Like I said, I mean, it was one of those things where I started about talking about doing it, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And, you know, I hit a little misstep in the beginning. I ordered the frame off of <clears> eBay, and, uh, you know, four to five days shipping, cool. Then I got a phone call the next day. They're like, okay, so, yeah, it's... Just letting you know it's a 10 to 12 week build. <laughs> I'm like, well, what the hell does four to five? That's not on your website. That's after we get it. Yeah, I'm like, so you don't even. You were able it. to get that worked out? That's squared away? Yeah, well, I, I actually found the, I think I sent it to you, out of, out of yeah. all places, Amazon. I mean, it's a yeah. third party through Amazon, but it's yep. all guaranteed through them. And uh, I haven't heard anything negative. I, I ordered it, I paid for it. They told me that it, it, takes, it takes, only takes two weeks to ship. Yeah. That I should be expecting it sometime, uh, not this week, but next week. Oh, and good, as, excellent. As soon as it gets in, I'll, uh, I'm gonna bring it up, and, uh, and you know, the next step is, uh, you know, we gotta find the, uh, the engine that's gonna power this beast, and mm -hmm. you know, both you and uh, Timmy both said, and I think almost everyone I've spoken to so far has agreed that the there is no better than the Evo, so that's what I'm. Oh, yeah, absolutely, for. yeah, yeah, and also I have a uh, completely rebuilt five-speed trans. Uh, that uh, is, it's like brand new, and you will get a super deal on that. Excellent. That's the only thing I'm going to charge you for, because <laughs> I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's that's what we got to find out. Just like I said, I've been on eBay looking, uh, you know, looking here and there for uh, for for you know engines. It's you know it's a rabbit hole. You know, you start. Yeah, and yeah. You could spend hours looking at it. So yeah, I just just spent the weekend camping. So the why the you know didn't have the. Uh, the Wi-Fi to do all that searching, but uh, then, you know that's the next step. And uh, you know my my hope 
Timmy didn't seem to think this was uh, was out of the realm of possibility. You can confirm my or deny, but my hope is that the big unveiling for this this awesome machine that we're going to build can be at the OJ run <laughs> this year. <laughs> Twenty twenty five, no, right? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's enough coffee on the planet that would enable us to work that fast. So well, then we have it. So that we have. So it'll be. So it'll be. It'll be OJ uh, twenty twenty two then. Yeah, yeah, that we can guarantee. All See, right. now you're going to set a deadline. I'll have to argue with my son. And we'll lose our. Uh, they'll put you, us on you know, TV. He'll lose he the start, film. Right. He started out saying we don't. We work nicely. We don't have a. We don't have a timetable. No deadline. I yeah. Like, I was like, and oh he, boy. He gives and us just one. Throw a deadline at you. <laughs> and and speaking of deadlines, in, in in what's become our good segues, um, well, just to let you and Harry know, we did say we try to keep this to an hour. We're coming up to. Uh, 55 minutes. 55 minutes. Yep. So um, just letting you guys wow. know. I, that happened yeah, quick. It did. It does happen quick. Yeah, it tends to do that. It sneaks up on you. Yeah, yeah. I think those those two-hour shows, you know, we, we, you know we, we blinked and we're like, oh, my God, we've been on air for two hours at this point. But, you know, that's the beauty of the brotherhood. We can sit and talk all the time. So, yeah. uh, Jack, Absolutely. I want to thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it, especially traveling down memory lane with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> And the stories we're allowed to tell. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I hope everybody enjoyed. And, you know, you mentioned Bob Seeger. That's our, our next goal. We're going to try and uh, get him on as a you know, potential guest. And uh, I think we're going to, you know, try and bring some – maybe we'll bring – if we can't get Bob on, maybe we'll bring uh, Harry's dad. Maybe we'll bring Machine Gun on and uh, listen to him uh, spend He'll money. And be careful. He'll spend your money. Yeah, yeah spend everybody's money. <laughs> Yeah, but he but but he gives me really good bourbon when I go to visit him. Yeah, I mean, and plus I think he's supplying the twenty-one inch front wheel for the project. There we go. I have sixteens um, and nineteens, but no twenty-ones. There you the, go. The wheel and, and a chair to sit in while we're doing it, apparently. And <laughs> well, anyone anyone that's listening or or, or going to be listening, um, we're not talking about Bob Seeger, the singer. We're talking about Bob Seeger. Right. Uh, the genius who, uh, who runs Indian Larry's um, Bob if you happen to listen to this episode that's the conversation I wanted to have with you <laughs> while you were out east um, about coming on the show so um, I will Surprise. stop by I will stop by Indian Larry's this week I will bring pie um, it's a thing between Bob and I with pie um, I will bring pie and we'll talk about having you uh, come on However, if anybody knows Bob Seeger, the singer, we'd love to have him on. Too. Oh, I'd love to have him on. Big fan. Big fan. One of the greatest concerts I've ever seen. So, yeah. I'd rather have motorcycle Bob Seeger than the singer <laughs> Bob know, Seeger. But that's I'm, just me. Years, years and years ago, I'm, I'm at a, 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 a steak place in, in uh, Pontiac, Michigan called Lely's. Famous. It's like their version of Peter Luger's. And we're sitting there with, a, I'm sitting there with a couple of friends and... I said to one of them, hey, that looks like Bob Seger at the next table. And he goes, that's not Bob Seger. I'm like, well, it looks like Bob Seger. He's like, no, listen, you're not from around here. We all know what Bob Seger looks like. That's not Bob Seger. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then the waiter comes over and says, hey, uh, you guys ready to take your drink order? I'm like, absolutely. He goes, did you notice Bob Seger sitting at the next table? I'm like, ah, <laughs> So there. But you no, know, uh, Bob Seger from Brooklyn is really my favorite Bob Seger. Even though I am a fan of the singer, so yes, even if Metallica did destroy his song, so yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, on that note, uh, note, we're gonna give our we have to give our uh, our shout out to our uh, one sponsor, Sneaker Sauce and Sneaker Salsa. If you are interested in any kind of good salsa or wait, 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 what? What? There's Sneaker Salsa now. Have you not been listening? I, I knew nothing of the salsa. I have listen, me either. What is going on? All right, I'll tell you. There is sneaker sauce, and it is. It I is, buy that by the case, by the way. I will. And tell I you buy this. cases from you. <laughs> if you if you can get the salsa, he has a, he hasn't quite nailed down the uh, the shipping of it. But if you're going to be in the Florida area, uh, he makes a salsa. I can tell you, it completely changed Taco Tuesday for me. I cannot eat tacos without it. And Mary 
being the the magician that she is in the kitchen. She has put it on chicken, on pork. She has put it on uh, chicken wings. It is a his salsa is is it's I, a, a green salsa. It's it's real sweet. It's got a nice bite to it. It is amazing. And if you love the if you love the uh, the sneaker sauce, you will love the salsa as well. What? Let me tell you, I love sneaker sauce so much. Jack buys it by the case, and I buy it from Jack on a fantastically, you know, terrible markup. markup. Like, 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 <laughs> like. I, th I think he gets like three hundred percent. So it's worth it. What yeah, but he never pays me, so it doesn't matter. Well, there you go. <laughs> there, there is that. All right, boys, look at that. We're right at an hour now, so. Uh, I mean, what, Harry, I know what your sign-off is. Go ahead. Uh, that's not true. I actually do have something today. All right. All right. Well, you know what, then? If you've got something, all right, we're going to do our sign-offs then. Jack, you, you, you want to say goodbye to everybody before we let you go? Yeah. Actually, could I use the sign-off also, which is my favorite? Go for it. You can never imagine how much fun you can have when no one's shooting at you. <laughs> <laughs> there right. you go. Steve? Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Harry? Uh, mine's not really like a saying. It was just something I had thought of earlier, right? We were talking about the club and mentioning the, uh, like, you know, the, the great things that it's done for people and how it's affected people and, you know, the, the, the gap in age and how you said to me how it was, you know, I've got all these years to grow in with the club. I like to think sometimes, right, because... Where are we? Ultimately, right, we're a motorcycle club, so we got we have a motorcycle problem, but we also have a charity problem, because I feel that's the second, second to the motorcycles is helping people out and trying to look after guys, and so I like to think sometimes, right, that we're a motorcycle club with a charity problem. <laughs> okay. And I like that, it. That's, that's what I was thinking when you guys were going on earlier, and I didn't want to interject because I love listening to old stories. From old guys. From old guys. Yeah, Chris thought he was going with that. That's so. I, was I, I know I where he was going that, but <laughs> we we could also be a charity with a motorcycle problem. That's true. We could <laughs> yeah, be, we could uh, be. Right, a charity organization with a motorcycle, motorcycle problem. problem. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm gonna stick with my the one I've been using. Watch out for the guy on the buffalo. So hopefully you guys all listen and uh, like, share, tell everybody subscribe. about it, subscribe, Give it a and thumbs uh, up. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Right, bye. Take, Good night. Good night.